This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. About the true riches of God. Now, it is the will of God for us as believers that we prosper. It is God's will that we prosper. So I'm talking to us about the true riches of God. So God wants us to be rich. God wants us to prosper as believers in Christ Jesus. It is his will that we prosper. It is his will that we succeed in all that we set our hands to do. That is the will of God. Now, third John, the third epistle of John is a chapter. The third epistle of John, verse 2. Now, the third epistle of John is a chapter, just one chapter in the Bible. It's the chapter before the book of Jude and Revelation. Now, the third epistle of John, verse 2. John speaking here. John says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Now, John says in 3 John 2, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Now, I told you that I'm talking to us today about the true riches of God. So John writes here, and John says that his wish for the beloved of the Lord, his wish for the brethren in the Lord, is that they prosper. In other words, John is saying, my wish for you is that you do well, that you succeed in finances. He's saying that my wish for you is that you are successful in your business affairs. He's saying that my wish for you is that you succeed in your career. He's saying my wish for you is that in everything you lay your hands upon, you do well in it. So John says, my wish is that you prosper. My wish is that you, you are rich, is that you are wealthy, is that you succeed, and that you are in health. In other words, John is saying, my wish for you is that you prosper financially. My wish for you is that you are healthy. In other words, you are not sick. You are healthy in your body. In other words, you prosper in your body. And he says, my wish for you is that you prosper in your soul, that your soul prospers. Now, Paul talks about three different things here. He says that his wish is that we prosper and that we are in health, even as our soul prospers. So John lets us know that his wish is that we prosper, is that we do well, that we succeed in our finances. His wish is that we are healthy. So it's not his wish that we be sick. And the third one is that our soul prospers. Now, the only way we can succeed and prosper as believers is through the meditation of God's word. Now, that is very clear in the scriptures. God has made it clear in the scriptures that the only way we can prosper as believers in our soul, in our body, and in our finances is through the meditation of God's word. And this is what John was talking about, that we prosper and that we are in health even as our soul prospers. Now, the book of Psalms, Psalms, the Psalms of David, chapter 1, from verse 1. Now, I told you that the only way we can prosper as believers is through the meditation on God's word. Now, what does meditation mean? You know, when we talk about study of the scriptures, meditation means to sit down and think over something over and over. Meditation means to think deeply about something. So, in other words, I'm saying that the only way we can prosper in our health, in our soul, and in our business, in our career, in our finances, as God wants, is if we spend time, quality time, thinking deeply, taking deep thoughts on the scriptures, taking deep thoughts of the scriptures, thinking over and over on the scriptures, meditating, not just studying the scriptures, but meditating, thinking deeply about the scriptures. Now, look at what the Bible says in Psalms 1, 
Psalms 1 from verse 1 to 3, the Bible says that blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3, he says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in due season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, David says in Psalms 1, he says, Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, David is saying that this man that is blessed, he doesn't take, the, he doesn't take counsel from the ungodly. He says he does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. That means when he needs counsel, he doesn't go to the ungodly to seek counsel. He seeks counsel from the scriptures. He says he does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He does not stand in the way of sinners. He does not sit in the seat of this comfort. But he says something in verse 2 of Psalms 1. He says his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. So he's describing a man that is blessed of God. He says blessed is this man. He said, this man does not take counsel from the ungodly. He does not stand in the way of sinners. He does not sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is on the law of the Lord. His delight is on the scriptures. On it does he meditate day and night. He now says something in verse 3. He says, this man will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In other words, this man will never run dry. This man's finances will never go dry. This man will never find himself in a situation where he lacks. Because he says he will be like a tree. That means this man will always be fruitful. He says he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He says he will bring forth his fruit in season. His leaves will not wither. He says whatsoever he does prospers. In other words, because this man meditates on the law of the Lord, because he doesn't seek counsel from the ungodly, because he doesn't stand in the way of sinners, because he doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful, because his delight is on the law of the Lord, on and on it does he meditate day and night. David says this man will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and that he will bring forth his fruit in season. He will always be fruitful. His leaves will not be that. And in everything in whatsoever he does, he says he will prosper. So you can understand when third John, when John says in the third epistle of John verse 2, that my wish for you is that you prosper and that you are in health even as your soul prospers. This is what he's talking about. So David lets us know that the only way we can prosper is through meditation on God's word. He says when we meditate, we will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Because you see, the word of God is like a river of water. You know, Jesus told the Samaritan woman, he said, this water that you drink, when you drink it, you will still be thirsty again. He said, but that there is a water I brought for you, that, that this one, when you drink it, you will never thirst. He said, it will be in you a well springing up into everlasting life. So the word of God is like a river of water. When you sit down with God's word to meditate, you will be like a tree planted by a river of water. You will bring forth fruit in season. Your leaves will never wither. And in everything that you do, you will prosper. So when John says, I wish above all things that you prosper, he's saying that I wish that you meditate on the scriptures, on the word of God, because as you meditate on God's word, your, your prosperity is guaranteed. Now, he also says that I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Now, it is this same word of God that guarantees our health. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, the Bible says his word is health to our flesh. His word is life to those that find it and health to their flesh. So God's word is health to our flesh. The Bible also says in Psalm 107 verse 20, 
The Bible says that he sent his word and it healed our disease and delivered us from all our destruction. The psalmist was prophesying. He said God sent his word and his word healed them of all their diseases. In other words, God's word has the power to heal. God's word has the power to cause to prosper. God's word has the power to heal. And John also said that that and that your soul prospers. And we know how does our soul prosper? You see, the soul is the seat of desire, the seat of will, the seat of affection, the seat of thoughts. So our soul is our mind. So when God says, I wish that your soul prospers, he's saying that I wish that your mind prospers. In other words, I wish that your thoughts prosper. I wish that you think thoughts that make you prosper, thoughts that empower you to prosper. And the only way you can think these thoughts is by meditation on the scriptures. Now, at this juncture, I want us to begin to pray. John says in third John, he says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be helped, even as your soul prospers. He says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So I want us to begin to declare at this point that we prosper and that we are in health, even as our soul prospers. In the name of Jesus, as we meditate on the scriptures, we prosper in all that we set our hearts to do. Our soul prospers. We are in health. Can we just begin to declare in the name of Jesus? To know that there are two different kinds of riches. I told you that today I want to, I'm talking to us about the true riches of God. Now, there are two different kinds of riches that the Bible talks about. And I want you to know that, you see, these two different kinds of riches depends on the source. Now, it is the source of the riches that determines the kind of riches that it is. Now, the Bible talks about two different kinds of riches. The first is the true riches of God. The second is the uncertain riches or unrighteous mammon. So, the Bible talks about the true riches of God. The Bible also talks about uncertain riches. So there are the true riches of God and there are uncertain riches. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Now, there are the true riches of God and there are uncertain riches. Now, for the uncertain riches, they are called uncertain riches because these riches are unsure. These are riches that are not predictable. You know, you hear people say that money comes and goes. In other words, these riches cannot be guaranteed. At any time, it could leave. Because it's not of God. The only thing that lives forever is what God gives you. Now, the uncertain riches is given by man. It is gotten by the ability of man. But there is the true riches of God that is given by the God, by the ability of God. Now, Testimony chapter 6, verse 17. Look at what Paul tells Timothy. He says, charge them that are rich. Testimony chapter 6, verse 17. Paul tells Timothy, he says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, because you see, there's this kind of confidence you have. Imagine you know that you have $5 million in your account. It gives you a false confidence. There's this confidence you have when you know you have money, when you know you have financial resources at your disposal. Now, Paul tells Timothy, he says, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, he says, charge them that are rich, that they should not be high-minded. In other words, they should not be lofty in their mind. They should not be arrogant. He says that, that they be not high-minded, not trust in uncertain riches. So, there are riches that the Bible refers to as uncertain riches. So Paul tells Timothy that charge them that are rich, that they should not be locked in their minds. They shouldn't be arrogant. They should not be high-minded. But that they should, and that they should not trust in uncertain riches. Because uncertain riches are called uncertain because these riches can come and go. They are not guaranteed. But it says that you should not trust in uncertain riches, but that they should trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now, Paul says 
charge them that are rich, that they should not be high-minded, they should not be arrogant, they should not be lofty in their minds, but that, and that they should not trust in uncertain riches. So there is a tendency for us to trust in uncertain riches. That's why I was saying that false confidence you have, when you know you have resources, that confidence, that false confidence that is not given by God, any confidence that you have that is not God-given, is a false confidence. It is confidence that is built on something that has no foundation. And that's what he's saying here, that charge them that they should not be high-minded, they shouldn't be overconfident, they shouldn't be arrogant, and that they should not trust in uncertain riches, but that they should trust in the living God. So, Paul is saying that it's either you trust in God or you trust in uncertain riches. He says they should trust in the living God that giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So, it is the will of God that we enjoy. It is the will of God that we are rich. But the problem is this, there's a thin line between putting your trust on uncertain riches and putting your trust in the God that gives us all things richly. So Paul is saying, instead of trusting in uncertain riches, put your trust in God, because God gives us all things richly. He gives us all those things so that we can enjoy. So God wants us to enjoy. God wants us to be rich. God wants us to prosper. But God does not want us to trust in uncertain riches. That is the challenge, because it's so easy for us to have self-confidence when we know we have resources at our disposal. But Paul is saying that, that we should be careful if we are rich. He said because there is a tendency to trust in uncertain riches. Now, Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. I told you there are two different kinds of riches. There are the uncertain riches and there are the true riches of God. Now, Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, verse 11 to 13. Now, Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 17, he says, charge them that are rich, that they should not be high-minded, they should not be lofty in their minds, they should not be arrogant, and that they should not trust in uncertain riches, but that they should trust in the living God that giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So God wants us to enjoy. God wants to give us all things richly, but he doesn't want us to trust in uncertain riches. Now, Luke chapter 16, verse 11 to 13. The Bible says in Luke chapter 16, verse from verse 11, it says, if therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Now, I was telling you that there are two different kinds of riches that the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about the uncertain riches, which we just saw in 1 Timothy 6, 17. Now, in Luke chapter 16, verse 11, the Bible talks about the true riches. Now, this uncertain riches, the Bible also refers to it as unrighteous mammon. In other words, He's saying that that mammon, that resource is unrighteous. It's not that everyone, all the resources that we spend in this world is unrighteous mammon. That's the truth. But the true riches of God is a source that God creates for a believer. That source never runs dry. In other words, when God counts you worthy to walk in the true riches of God, it will not be about the balance in your bank account. It will be about a source that never runs dry. That's what he says. He says you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You will bring forth fruit in season. Your leaves will never wither. And whatsoever you do will prosper. This is what he's talking about. He says that if therefore ye have been faithful in unrighteous mammon. So God requires that we are faithful even with the uncertain riches. And that's why he says don't trust in them. He requires that you are faithful in unrighteous mammon. He says who will commit to your trust the true riches. So God wants to commit to our trust the true riches. He wants to commit the true riches to our trust. Now, verse 12, it says, And if you, have been, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Verse 13, Jesus says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will owe the, to the one and despise the other. He says, Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Now, 
Mammon here is talking about the uncertain riches. He's talking about the uncertain riches. He's talking about unrighteous mammon. So Jesus says here that you cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, he said, he said that you are serving God or you are serving uncertain riches. Now, if you are serving God, Paul has told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 17, that God gives us all things richly. So the problem here is this. God doesn't want us to trust in uncertain riches. God wants to find us faithful with unrighteous mammon, with uncertain riches. When he finds us faithful with unrighteous mammon, then he can commit to our trust the true riches. Now, let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, and then we'll pray. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. I just needed to show you that so that you can know that the Bible talks about two different kinds of riches. It talks about the unrighteous mammon, which is the uncertain riches, and it talks about the true riches. That means this true riches is a source that never runs dry. When God opens the true riches of God to a man, this man can never be poor. It's not about his account balance, but it's about the fact that God will always supply his needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. You will not understand what Paul was saying yet. When he says, charge them that are rich, that they should not be high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but that they should trust in the living God that giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now, at this juncture, I just want us to begin to pray. I want us to begin to declare in the name of Jesus that we do not trust in uncertain riches because, you see, it's so easy. It's so easy to depend on that account balance that you have. It's so easy for you to depend on what you can feel, what you can relate with around you. But God is saying, I don't want you to put your trust in uncertain riches. I want you to trust in me because I will give you all things rich there. I will richly give you all things to enjoy. So I want us to begin to declare in the name of Jesus that we will not put our trust in uncertain riches, but that we put our trust in the living God that gives us all things rich. Can we just begin to declare in the name of Jesus? Just apart all things rich. Hallelujah. Now, Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. From verse 5 to 8. Now, Jeremiah chapter 17, from verse 5 to 8. Now, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. He says, Charge them that are rich, that they should not be high minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. So, God does not want us to put our trust in uncertain riches, but He wants us to trust in Him that gives us all things richly. Now, Jeremiah chapter 17, from verse, from verse 5 to 8. Now, the Bible talks here about those that trust in the arm of flesh those that trust in the confidence of man and do not put their trust in god and it also talks about those that trust in the lord now jeremiah chapter 17 from verse 5 jeremiah says thus said the lord he says cause be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departed from the lord in other words when you begin to put your trust in man whether in yourself or in other people he says that you will depart from the living God. That's what Jeremiah says here in Jeremiah 17, verse 5. He says, Cause is the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm. In other words, he makes flesh his confidence. He puts his confidence in the flesh. He says that his heart departs from the Lord because his trust is in man. He says, He shall be like the heat in the desert and shall not see when good comes. In other words, when God is even bringing good to him, because his trust is in man, because his trust is in himself, he will not see the good that God is bringing to him. He says, but shall inhabit the part places in the wilderness, in a short land and not inhabited. Now, verse 7, he says, blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. He says, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river. And shall not see when the heat cometh. Look at what Jeremiah is saying here. 
Jeremiah said, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. He first talks about the man that puts his trust in man. In other words, this man either puts himself trust in himself or in another man in the arm of flesh. He says that man is cursed. He says that man will not see when his good comes. But he talks here about the man that puts his trust in the Lord. In verse 7 of Jeremiah 17, he says, blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. He says, it shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out our roots by the river. He says, and shall not see when the heat cometh. In other words, when dryness comes, he will not see it. He will not know it. He will not know dryness. He says, but our leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. This is powerful. He's saying that this man that trusts in the Lord, he says this man is blessed, that this man is like a tree planted by the waters. His roots spread out themselves by the rivers. He says this man will not see when dryness comes. He says this man with his leaves will always be green. And he says this man will not be careful in the year of drought. In other words, he's saying that when there is scarcity, in the year of economic recession, he's saying that this man will not be careful. This man will do it lavishly. Even in the midst of recession, this man will not manage. In other words, he's saying that this man will never know what they call managing because his trust is in the Lord. His trust is not in the arm of flesh because the arm of flesh will fail you. But the Bible says this man is like a tree planted by the waters. He will not see when dryness comes. He will not be careful. He will not manage in the year of drought. And he goes further, he says, neither shall he cease from yielding food. So he talks about the man that puts his trust in man, and he talks about the man that puts his trust in God. And this is what Paul was telling Timothy. He says, charge them that are rich, that they should not be high-minded. They should not trust in uncertain riches, because uncertain riches will be determined by the conditions of the world. The year, the year there is economic recession, uncertain riches will go with economic recession. But here... Jeremiah says, the man that puts his trust in the Lord is like a tree planted by the waters. His roots will spread out themselves by the river. He will not see when it comes. He will not see when dryness comes. He will not manage in the year of drought. He will not manage in the year of scarcity. And he will always yield food. I just want us to begin to declare in the name of Jesus that our trust is in the Lord and that we are like trees planted by the waters. That our roots spread out themselves by the river. And we do not see when the heat comes. And we are not careful in the year of drought. In the name of Jesus.